We are joined by that Leeds United winning manager, Jesse Marsh, right now. Jesse, welcome back to the football show. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Do you ever think, like, how funny life is for managers? I mean, so much of your lives are, I mean, it must create such a, a mix of joy, sadness, paranoia. I don't know what, you know, because now you've won two games, and I think, well, I'm ready to name you manager of the year. So tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, oh man. Um, yeah, listen. Um, I think I, this is the only business I know. Right? I couldn't go work on Wall Street. I couldn't sit in a radio booth like you guys. I, I, I don't know how to do that. You know, I, I know how to be a part of football. And obviously, um, it was started as a player, and 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 in the early years of MLS, but. Now it's it's you know managing in in big moments in big leagues in Europe and I mean I know that maybe there's um, uh, a lot of fanfare behind what happens on the outside and the job that I do at different places but on the inside it's work and it's my office my office is standing in a stadium in a sold out stadium and trying to get uh, a team to perform at their best and in and in the way that I like to think about football so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's my reality. It's our reality as a family because we've had to move around a lot and have a bunch of new, uh, interesting experiences. And I'm very thankful for my family for, for being along for this adventure and, and, and being committed to it. But this is, a, this is what I know, man. This is what I know. There were similarities in the way you took over at Leipzig and the way you took over at Leeds in that you were t- taking over from a big personalities, Julian Nagelsmann, and then, of course, Marcelo Bielsa. Did you learn anything at Leipzig that you took with you to take over from Bielsa at Leeds? Well, I think the reason – I'll talk more just about Leeds. The, the reason I came here is because two years ago, the sport director, Victor Orta, in the first pandemic, right, when we were all locked down, he set up a Zoom call with me. And he said to me, listen, we, we scout players, but we scout coaches. And we always need succession plans for every position within the club. And we need one for our manager as well. And here are, we, we evaluated what we think are the top 42 managers in, in Europe and their style of play, their management style. And your, when we crunched the numbers and when we looked at what we thought was important for us, your name be, was at the top of the list. And so, and he showed me the data of what Bielsa had done with the team and how the team had played. And he showed me the data of what my teams were like. And he said, we think you're the perfect next manager for us. So I was incredibly flattered at the time. I'd never seen anyone do any kind of uh, evaluation of that on me and, of, and, and on how I might fit somewhere. And I was naturally really, really impressed. And the more I got to know Victor and the more I thought about the project here at Leeds, I got more and more excited. And I think that's what's most important to understand is how do you in life find the connections that, that – give you the opportunity to be yourself and, and, and put to practice things that you believe in at the core of who you are. And that's what I've learned about this business is the more that I can work with like-minded people and people that have the same way of thinking about leadership and football, then it's the, the job for me is easier to do. And I'm very lucky to have that here at Leeds. Victor Orta, he was crying when you had that first comeback win, and he had me at hello. Uh, now that you're telling me that this guy – has scouted you. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, 
And, and you know, did you, did you feel that way when he gave you the uh, that you were a guy that could follow uh, Bielsa and and build on what he's done? Did you have that? Did you have that feeling even before you saw all these stats and everything? So you know, here's here's my connection with Bielsa over the years. My first job, my first game as the assistant coach for the U.S. national team with Bob Bradley was against Chile, and we played again. And Bielsa was the coach. I asked to watch them train because he had such a unique style. If you go to one of his training sessions, I would guesstimate that he has 400 cones, poles, dummies, balls, whatever, all <laughs> over the pitch, set up for training. And I thought this man is 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 crazy. And then we played, and then I scouted his team, and I couldn't even really figure out what they were doing. Um, and then we went through it a little bit more, and it was man marking and this and that. And so, you know, I mean, it was one of the great things about being the assistant coach of the U.S. Na- U.S. national team is you get you get exposed to so many different kinds of football and ideas and and high level players, high level coaches. I mean, that was my first real experience. Um, then with the New York Red Bulls, we played in the CONCACAF Champions League semifinals against Chivas USA, who went on to win it. And, and it was against Mateus Almeida, and he is a disciple of Bielsa. And I knew about this man marking. I knew about the way they played. And I had come up with ideas of how to play against the, uh, that kind of style. And, and to be honest, we were, we were very successful in that, in that series against Chivas USA. We were the better team in both matches, and we should have gone to the final, but we, we, we were a little bit unlucky in some moments. Um, and then I, you know, I, I've followed Bielsa at his different stations that he's been at here in Europe. And, and there's, there's a lot of copycats of Bielsa. Like people don't know Eric Ten Hag at, at, at Ajax plays basically the same style against the ball that, that Marcelo does. Now the coach at Monaco, uh, Clement, he plays the same way. And we played against him in Champions League when he was with Club Bruges. So you see it across Europe at different places, and it can be a very effective style of play. But what makes Bielsa a little bit unique is he also has a very unique style of leading and, and managing. He's very disciplined, um, and he believes that he needs that discipline and fitness to play his way. So I like to be disciplined. I like our team to be very aggressive. I like to run a lot in the game. I like to try to overwhelm the opponent. And so when we started really looking at the comparisons of the way the team had played under, under Marcelo and what I would like the team to be, we naturally started to think, all right, maybe – this could be really, really interesting and, and, and fit really well. So, you know, it's just the beginning, and we have a lot more to do to transform the team to the way I really want them to play. But obviously, as just as a leader and me being here and the ideas that I brought, the team has been totally in, and, and you know, we've, we've had some fun together. You bring up a great point about Ten Hag, and there's certain types of players that play really well in that system. Delict comes to mind, you know, this at, at he was seamless at at uh you know at Ajax and then he's playing a very different system in, in Juventus and it's taking time for the kid to sort of get with it. When when you when you've inherited these players in this new team, you find it easy for them to to have understand the subtle differences that you and Bielsa are doing? That you're doing from Bielsa, yes, I mean? Yes, yes and no. I mean, they're, they're because, I mean, listen, it's a group that, that committed themselves to Marcelo's way of football more so than any anyone else that Marcelo's had, right? Marcelo has only lasted at the most two years at any club, and here he lasted three and a half, and it was partly because of the young men within the team. 
Like they, they gave their entire lives to, to Leeds United and to Marcelo Bielsa, right? So um, it's a very humble, committed, hardworking group that wants to do anything to help the club succeed. Uh, and so for me, there are, there are some subtle differences and then there are some big differences. Um, the biggest one is, is against the ball. They were just man-marking all of the field almost mindlessly. And I'm asking them now to think more about how to do that as a group and doing more ball-orientated pressing and making sure that there's always a support system and, but to still use their discipline and aggressiveness to reward themselves. There's been moments in games where I see them just following men around because they're going back to what they what it was like, and so I'm constantly trying to break those those like bonds between them and their opponent that they're standing next to. But they're trying, and I don't I, I don't fault them because I can only imagine on the pitch what it would be like to go from something like that to something that I'm asking them to do. So it's not about you know being frustrated. It's just about trying every day to help them be clear more and more and more how to commit themselves more and more and more to the ideas of the things that we want. But again, it, it has been a lot of fun because the young men are humble and committed. Um, you know, I made a joke in the press conference that none of them have made fun of my accent <laughs> and, and that they've accepted me fully. And I can really, really honestly tell you guys that like they, they have been, I think, excited to get to, to learn the style of play that I, that I would like them to commit to. They've been excited to get to know me. Um, and, and I think that I, I've been the same with them. I, I just, I'm, I'm here in all the ways, I, uh, for all the right reasons, to try to help everybody as much as I can so that we can achieve our short-term goals, which is to stay up, but our long-term goals, which is to transform the club a little bit more to the ideas that we want now and and that's from a player perspective, a playing perspective and a mentality perspective, and to continue to, to build the, the phase, the, the, the development of the club phase, phase by phase and step by step so that we can continue to be not just in the Premier League, but, but achieving at a high level. You inherited these injury problems with, with Cooper and down the spine with Cooper in defence and Phillips in midfield and, and Bamford up front. Uh, at Wolves on Friday, what went wrong in the first half? What went right in the second? Well, what, what went wrong is at times against the ball, again, as guys were getting a little bit too locked into to man-be-man situations and, and in between, and then Wolves was able to play through us too much. That being said, if it's, if it's zero, if it's nil-one at half, right, and, and we still had some big chances at the beginning of the game, um, then, you know, it's a lot, it, you can reflect on the half better. And I watched the half again and it wasn't as bad as it felt, um, when, when, when that was live for me. Um, but you know, we're still and Wolves is a very good team with the ball and defensively, they're very sound. They're very, uh, combative. And, and so we knew it was going to be a difficult match going in. I mean, and guys, this is what is amazing about this league. Like, Preparation for every opponent is like, oh my gosh, they're good. <laughs> so, so it's high level football, you know. And I know these things from from the different leagues and Champions League that I've been. This is what your the best European football is like. So, um, but I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get them to believe in themselves, to have more confidence, to commit to the way we want to play more, um, to reward their hard work and aggression, and to be clear, you know, and. Sometimes it requires a, a real talk at halftime about 
not being afraid and going after things and committing to the way we want to play and not thinking about making mistakes um, when all they're judged by are their mistakes in many ways or what they have been judged by in the last four or five months. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a psychological project as much as it is a football one, but whatever, man, we're, we're, we're going to try to maximize the potential of what we can do every day. And I think that work has been really good. The, uh, how important is uh, a sense of humor and humility to your job right now in a Premier League? <laughs> well, I think even even Chris Armis, you know, when, when I first told him I was coming here, I mean, he's he's experienced some, some, you know, discrimination in different ways, and he was worried about me. You know, and obviously Bob went through a lot when he was here. I said, listen, man, I said I, – I'll try to handle myself with the media the ways that I can. I, I can laugh at myself. Like, I'm, I'm okay. I, I know not everyone's going to like me. I know that there will always be some people that are going to judge me more by if I say whatever the stupid terminology that they want to hear me say or want, don't want to hear me say. But there's more and more. I, I, I hear more and more things every day that people aren't happy about what I say, but Honestly, like, give me a break. If the team plays with heart and goes after the game, I, I think that people will learn to tolerate my accent. And and I don't I don't care honestly. Like, if people don't like me because of my accent or because I'm from the U.S., it, you know what I said in my first press conference? This is the fifth country I've coached in. You know, yeah. so I, it's, I, I and I've been I was in Champions League. I've been coaching high level players. I've helped produce and develop high level young, talented, high-level players. I mean, and it, either people are going to appreciate me for what I am and, and, and see me for what I am, or they're going to make their own you know, predisposed judgments, and I can't change that. And, and that idiocy is, has nothing to do with me. I'll tell you what, though. The, the leads, the people here are fantastic. Yeah, They yeah. are humble. They are hardworking. They are friendly. They are kind, right? And they have a chip on their shoulder. They do. Uh, also with the with the club. And I, 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 this is me. I have a chip on my shoulder, right? And I, 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 I like it a lot better when people are talking poorly about me than when they're talking kindly about me. So it's okay for me. And I, I, I found that, again, between the team, the club, the people, uh, the community, our fans, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really feeling from the beginning that the energy, that there's a lot of symmetry and energies. And so – um, let's see, you know, it's just the start, but, and we have a lot, a lot of work to do, but you know, I, I'm, and, and the last, the last part is, is the club is committed to me long-term, you know, this is not a, this is not a four month gig. This is a three and a half year gig. Right. And, and this is the reason why I came because they believe in me so much and I believe in them. So, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot, lot to this, but, but for me, it's just about trying to maximize every day. What about you as a football supporter? Are you nervous? about the men's national team this week? No, no. I mean, it's, they, they, listen, first of all, they're in a good place. They've got, a, a, they've got enough points right now to feel like they can play confidently and go after games. I mean, you have to almost consider the Mexico match a loss in anything better than that is, is good. Um, and so, but they just need to stay focused on day after day and game after game. It's a really good group of young players. Greg's done a good job. Like, I know the scrutiny in America and the expectations for the national team is so high, but come on, man. Let's all, I've said this publicly so many times. Like, it's counter, if the fans really want the team to do well, then the negativity is counterproductive. 
It's counterproductive. Support the coach, support the team, believe in them. Also, talk about how brave they are that they've played with so many young players and how that will set us up for the future to be incredibly successful for years to come. Um, so, you know, I know a lot of the young men that are, that are part of the national team, and, and it's a great group. They love playing together. They love playing together. They believe in themselves. Um, they've managed a, a, a difficult um, qualifying uh, time here in a really good way, and they're going to get better and better. So, yeah, I mean, I'm exci- I get excited. I mean, I stay up here uh, late in the night as a fan to watch them. So stop with the anxiety and only think about positive support, and, and this group will get us to uh, where we want them to be. You are so positive, which is what I love about you more than anything, Jesse. Uh, yeah. How important is it? To, to, you know, like I loved your answer for Ted Lasso. You said it probably mm-hmm. doesn't help when I see these things yeah. toward an American coach. But the, the, I'm going to ask you the question. I think I ask it to you every new job you have. Do you feel pressure yeah, as an yeah. American different or is it getting to the point where you're just you feel that in Europe they're finally judging you as a manager and not as an American manager? No, I mean, feeling pressure. What does that mean? I don't, I, don't, I don't feel a lot of pressure, honestly. I focus so much on the group and the team and helping them to be the best that they can be, helping them develop every day, creating a pathway for them as people and as players to understand how to grow, how to get better, how to commit more and more to each other. Um, this is what I do. This is, if you talk about how, what's my expertise, my expertise is working with, highly, highly talented young men and helping them understand in a team environment how to achieve individually and as a group. And when I'm surrounded by like-minded people, I've been able to kind of create an environment that I think um, really benefits everyone. Um, Here, I can say that we have that entirely. The part about representing an American manager and the part about, you know, what it means, honestly, guys, it doesn't help and it doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters is that am I able to focus on the things that are important to helping my team and the team that I work with be successful. That's it. And then, of course, if I do that effectively, then people will reflect on it and think it is some sort of big movement for football back home or for whatever. But but I I, I don't ever think about it. Never, never. I, I I stay. I try to stay true to who I am and where I'm where I'm from and what I've learned and and to use that in ways to benefit the groups that I work with. But it, that's it. That's, that's all that matters. I'll be out there uh, to take three points off you. Jesse, terrific victory. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Thank you, terrific Jesse, victory. for calling him out. Thank you for calling him out. Yeah, yeah. what is that? What is that? <laughs> uh, listen, guys. Listen, guys. I do appreciate, I do appreciate everyone's support back home. Um, you know, a lot of people have reached out to me. I know um, that everyone is supporting me. I appreciate that. Um, it's this has um, become an, an interesting adventure for me. I'm very thankful for the the people that have helped me get to where I am. Um, I'm very thankful for the support from from my family, from my friends, from from colleagues. You know, I mean, it's it's been a wild ride, and and my goal is to kind of keep this keep this ride going for as long as I possibly can. And, and along the way, make strong relationships and meet people that are like-minded and, and have fun. 
like to really have fun and enjoy it. So that will be my goal. And I think I found a really good place here at Leeds United. I, I would love it if we have massive Leeds United supporters in America. Um, please come and say hi. I had somebody uh, come and say hi to me uh, after the Wolves game, and I'll always come and uh, try to, you know, shake a hand, say hello. But, um, you know, we're, um, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can over here, and, and I appreciate all the support. Week in the Tackle is part of the SiriusXM podcast network and is produced by Tim Horsey. The executive producer is Pete Corey. Sound design was by Joey DeFazio. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM FC's Program Director, Joe Tolleson. SiriusXM Podcasts.